Amin. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Assalamu alaikum, my dear brothers and sisters. Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. This is your brother Abdul Mufakir Muhammad. We thank Allah for allowing us to partake in this blessed fast of Ramadan, this beautiful fast. We thank you. Brothers and sisters, we thank each and every one of you for being on the line with us these last 29 days on the Ummah Reflects, and we pray that the speakers and the words that came on this, on this, from this line were beneficial to us. We pray that we did not offend anyone as that was never our intention. We pray that we all learned something that allowed us to grow and develop as believers in Allah. Brothers and sisters, we had a beautiful talk yesterday from our beloved Imam, Imam Sultan Rahman. Very powerful words about the Ummah, the Ummah of, the, of Islam. We thank Allah for our brother Imam and his beautiful words with us yesterday. We have prepared a beautiful program for you this morning and we don't want to tarry. We want to take you directly into our program and we are honored. We are honored to bring before you to take us further into our program, our beloved brother, Brother Abdul Akbar Hamid, Brother Akbar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger and servant. I want to, um, first of all, thank Allah for blessing us to get through this fast. It's a beautiful fast. And uh, those who could fast and those who could not fast but have the spirit of those who are not with us on the fast for one reason or another. It's a very beautiful fast that Muslims partake in once a year, and it strengthens their resolve to overcome something, overcome the desire for food and thirst, uh, to be with your family. And this fast has been going on with us now, I think it's 17 years. Before I introduce the minister, I want to say a few words uh, about brothers and sisters who make this happen every year. And I thank Allah for them, their consistency, their strength, overcoming difficulties, ups and downs. You don't see it on the other side of the show, but we feel every one of them. And I want to thank them, and especially uh, Misa Islam. Uh, she's there. She fills in when someone cannot make it, but we thank Allah. Today, I want to take a minute to introduce our beloved brother minister. Every year, he comes to open us up and to close us down. In one particular year, the minister came on the line. People were listening all over the world, which is really beautiful. And um, the word has gone out in all of different Muslim communities. Even the critics have to pay respect to what Allah has blessed us to do 
on this prayer line. Uh, we have been uh, on um, trying to think of the word, the new system that we're using. And um, we're using different systems that we can reach more people. Uh, 41 years ago, this very day, uh, Sekou Touré, the president of Guinea, came to Howard University to address the students and the faculty. An unbelievable meeting. One brother described it as the greatest invitation or in information coming to us. One brother described it as uh, something that you wouldn't believe unless you heard it yourself. It is available. Minister Farrakhan went to the auditorium at Howard University. And Howard has been a mainstay for revolutionary struggle for people from all over the world who come to Howard to go to school. And um, he came, and there was something behind the trip. He had been getting sick. This is the president of Guinea. And he wanted to open the door of Guinea um, to the world, a very rich country, gold, diamonds, bauxite, you name it, Guinea has it. And so the president of Guinea came to address the students of Howard, uh, also to push the students of Howard to get involved in Africa and what is happening in Africa and use their knowledge that they've learned in school to help push Africa forward. On this particular day, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan uh, stepped to the podium to speak. And uh, his speech, and I hope that you will get it, it's available, unbelievable. One brother talked about the greatness of this speech, the impact of this speech, and members of Kwame Nkrumah, AAPRP, uh, were behind it and pushing it. And when the minister began to introduce the president of Guinea, uh, it was unbelievable. It unfolded, I should say. And uh, this speech, to this day, it's like the speech Minister Farrakhan made in Jamaica. That speech has moved around the world. It's moved to countries of Africa, the Caribbean. The minister uh, stood on the podium in Jamaica and said to the people of the world that we have to help each other. We have to be with each other. We have to make our own food, and we have to be in a position that we help each other as we move in this struggle for our people. This speech was the same. Uh, Sakou Touré, well-known, but invited, I should say, David Rockefeller. And what they wanted to do was to open Guinea up. Guinea was what they called a closed country. And Sekou Touré wanted it that way. He didn't want to open up his country to all of the filth and madness of the West. He wanted to keep it closed until he could, as he called it, prepare a new man. It's like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad making a new man and woman in America. And uh, so he got up to speak, and he had two white handkerchiefs, it appeared, almost like um, KK. Uh, he had two white handkerchiefs. And as the minister began to uh, talk, and those of us who know the minister and his 
ability, God-given ability to move and to touch the souls of people, which is so beautiful. Those who don't know the minister hadn't really heard him, but once you hear him, you're touched by him. Once you hear him, you're moved by him, and there is no doubt in it. So the minister began to talk about what is happening in the world, about uh, France in the 1960. Um, 17 African countries became independent. And um, France uh, did not want um, those countries to move out of her orbit. And uh, so France tried to keep them locked in their orbit. And one country stood out, which was Guinea. And Guinea would not stay locked in that orbit. They wanted to do be a free, independent and, uh, nation and do what they could for their own people. And so when they offered them this kind of so-called France circle, Sekou Touré said no. Well, everybody else said yes, but he said no. And uh, the French said that they would make him pay. When you hear Minister Farrakhan on this tape describing it, it's unbelievable. The, how they took out the telephones, the cars. They took everything they could to bring Guinea to its needs. And, uh, but Guinea did not bow. And Sekou Touré wanted to build his nation and his people. So if Allah permits and you take the time, I guarantee you, you listen to this tape and the voice of the minister pleading for his people to do for themselves, pleading for them, their his people to do what they should do for themselves and not depend on the European nations that conquered them. So I want to say that we are blessed, really blessed, that we could have a leader, Minister Farrakhan, who touches the souls, not only the people in North America, but throughout the world. I said on this program a few years ago on this prayer line about how I sat in an office in Libya with the director of the Islamic Call Society waiting for a visit on some business of Minister Farrakhan. And as I sat there, and I'm a person that traveled around the world, and I always find out where you're from, what country are you from. There was a young man sitting there next to me. And he told me that he was from Mauritius. I said, Mauritius? A lot of people don't know that country. So he said to me, well, where are you from? I said, I'm from America. And uh, he said, I said, America? He wanted to know what group was I with. I said, well, I'm a follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He said, Nation of Islam? He said, in his village at night, they get these tapes of Minister Farrakhan, and the people gather uh, either in someone's home or under a tree, and they play these tapes. Mauritius, they were listening to the voice of Minister Farrakhan. They were touched by the voice of Minister Farrakhan. So I thank Allah. I thank Allah for this line. I thank Allah for those who are here with us every year, and I want to take this moment to introduce the minister. The minister has been through a lot, and God has blessed him. 
He blessed him with his family and his loved ones. Blessed him with this community. He strengthens this community. Uh, he gives it the will to keep moving forward. So, Minister Farrakhan, once again, during the month of Ramadan, you step up for those believers throughout the world who are listening to it and to give us the energy and the strength and the kind of love that we have for each other, unbelievable. I want to thank all of those who participate in the line and help on the line. And, Brother Minister, if you are there, um, we'd like to bring you on. Brother Minister Louis Farrakhan. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. My dear Brother Akbar, Eid Mubarak to you and Eid Mubarak to all who are listening and to those who have uh, another day to go on Ramadan. Oh, Ramadan Mubarak to you as well. I am so grateful to Almighty God Allah for granting us this opportunity to speak on this podcast as a guest of Sister Nisa and, and those with her. And I want to say, I have not missed a morning. Every morning I listen carefully to every speaker. And there's not a speaker that I heard that I did not learn something from. So I thank Sister Nisa and all of those with her. Sister Dr. Nisa, and I'm so glad you also spoke more this 30 days than ever before, and every fast fact that you gave us I was right there learning from my sister. So thank you for such a wonderful, wonderful 30 days. To all of the believers who tried and desired to complete the fast and did not make it, thank Allah for how ever many days he allowed you to fast because you were blessed even if you missed you can make it up at another time but thank you all for fasting thank you for the prayers thank you for making this an extraordinary beneficial Ramadan to us all. I am not able to fast as I used to fast because of my health condition. So today and tomorrow, we are feeding 2,000 people with a meal. And I want to thank Sister Kamala 
for allowing us to use foodies and how to eat to live to bring 2,000 meals to people that I pray will find it a delicious, delectable treat. And I say to all of us, to the believers in the nation of Islam, thank you for helping me with your charity that allows me to be charitable to many. And I thank you so very much because the enemy would have loved to cut off my blessing, but he just can't reach heaven. So go to hell where you belong because the believers have shown us their love, their commitment through their charitable contributions that allows me to be charitable and I thank all of you. I have a few things that I wanted to say to you. Forty days from now, or a little more, we'll be in the season of Hajj. And Muslims from all over the world will be traveling to Mecca to make the greater pilgrimage. My wife, Khadija, and I were blessed in 1986 to make our pilgrimage to Mecca. So she is Hajja, and I am Haji because we completed the pilgrimage. A few points about the pilgrimage that make it one of the most beautiful and special acts of a believer. We were in the city of Mina on our way to Arafat and then to Muzdalifah. And I saw two older men holding each other's hand as they were going to be in uh, Arafat where it is exceedingly hot. But I felt that those two men came to Mecca to make this journey and to die while they were making that journey so that they would go immediately 
to Jannah or to paradise. What love in the brotherhood that I saw holding each other's hand, not as people who are engaged in immoral behavior, but holding each other's hand as a sign of their unity, their love, their brotherhood, and their faith. And when I was on that journey, when we got to the place called Muzdalifa, there's a white stone there that represents shaitan. And at that place, we had to pick up, I believe it was seven stones, and cast those stones at this statue that represented data. There were so many people that you could see their hands just going, throwing these stones and saying, Allah Akbar. And something came into me as I threw my stones and said, Allah Akbar, my voice seemed to be louder than the thousands of people that were throwing stones at shaitan. And I thought to myself, when the time comes and Satan is known, we must hurl the stones of truth. As Allah says in the Quran, had we wished to take a pastime from before ourselves, we would have done it. But nay, we cast truth at falsehood till we knock out its brain. And from there, as we went on, we had to sacrifice life. And they wanted me to slaughter a camel. I chose a camel, but I didn't have the mind to kill this magnificent creature of Allah. So they killed that camel for me that represented my family, and the sacrifice. And they gave away the meat to the indigent, to the poor. But it meant more to me than just 
killing the camel. It meant that unless we are willing to lay down our lives for the cause of Allah and Islam, we can say that we believe, say we submit, but faith has not yet entered into our hearts. The war of Armageddon has begun. And Almighty Allah, who intervened in our affairs in the person of Master Far Muhammad, has declared holy war. In this war that is upon us, all of us are going to be called upon to know the truth and to use that truth to subdue Satan and the lies of a being that Allah has commanded us not to follow in the footsteps of Satan so he's not a spook or a spirit. He got feet, and he's made a path on this earth for the last 6,000 years that we are commanded by Allah not to follow Satan. But many of us have joined the synagogue of Satan unwittingly and some knowingly. But this is a short time left. The chastisement of Allah, you will see it coming down all over the earth, and war is being prepared. The Bible says, wake up, you mighty men of war. Take your pruning hook and turn it into a sword. Take the instruments of cultivation and turn it into that which will allow you to fight in the name of Allah. During this blessed Ramadan, we heard of the Israeli Defense Forces, police attacking the believers at the third holiest mosque in Islam, Al-Aqsa, in Jerusalem. I saw them beating men and women, children, with their guns and with their sick. And I heard an elderly man saying, Ya Allah. Oh, 
Allah. He took the beating. But I want to say to Muslims, none of us can escape death. You can flee to the highest mountain or go into the depth of the sea, but you cannot flee from death. Allah says in the Quran that all of us must face of death. And so we as believers in Allah all over the earth make up your mind. Our prayer, our sacrifice, our life and our death is all for Allah, the Lord of the world. When you're making preparation for battle, you settle your differences. As a believing community, we should not hold differences with each other and allow hatred to build up in our hearts for one another. But this has been done not only by individuals who believe, but by nations of Muslims arming themselves to fight and kill one another. And so, in this war to decide who will live on the earth, a holy earth, that has been filled with blood and the carcasses of many who have died in wars. Allah wants to cleanse the earth. Allah wants to purify the earth so that those who live after the power of Satan is destroyed will be in what is called the here after here on this earth when Satan's power to deceive has been broken. So beloved Muslims, we have to protect the houses of worship. Don't act as though you are not in a hostile environment when you know that someone may come and create a nuisance on your post. In Patterson, New Jersey, the imam was making salat and an enemy was in the mosque and I saw in the video, he jumped over a few rows who were concentrating on Allah. They didn't see him. And he ran to the front and knifed the imam. 
I pray that the imam is recuperating from that. But what should we be thinking about? What kind of Muslim are we that we don't take precaution as Allah says to us in the Holy Quran? Take precaution. Some pray and others watch. And when the watches have done and the prayers have been done, those that were watching come in your place and say your salah. No. Every month, every masjid, every church, every synagogue, everywhere where God's name is honored must have a group that will protect the elderly and the young with their lives. Don't just go to mosque in the synagogue. Elderly Jews went to pray and were killed. In New Zealand, we were praying, and a hate-filled man had his weapon and went to two messages and shot as many as he could and was arrested. You mean he lived to be arrested? What kind of Muslims are we? What has happened to the Ummah? Should we not reflect that this reflects on us? Where were the watchers? Master Farz Muhammad, the great Mahdi, when he was among us, he said, everyone that enters the mosque should be searched 100% because we are seated now with many hypocrites who don't believe but they're mischief makers coming in the mosque to disturb the peace of the believers. Listen to what Allah says in the Quran and kill them wherever you find them and drive them out of where they drove you out and persecution is worse than slaughter. And fight not with them in the sacred mosque until they fight with you in it. 
So if they fight you in the sacred mosque, slay them. Such is the recompense of the disbelievers. Regardless to the law, Allah has given us a command, and we will obey that command. An attacker who comes to the mosque, to the church, to the synagogue, should never leave alive. Taking advantage of elderly people, taking advantage of people that are there to pray and not to fight. But we live in a time now when war is being forced upon the righteous. And we must have an answer with our lives. We fight for Islam and we will surely win with our Savior Allah, the universal King we are united with our nation and called by his name. So let us rise, ye Muslims. Fight for Islam. Fight for your own. Protect the glorious life that Allah has given us. Protect the women and the children if they come to worship with us. It is our duty to make sure that they return home as they came to the mosque home. So in every mosque, in every church, the men should be trained. We must watch, as Jesus said, as well as pray. Nobody should come to church anymore or mosque anymore or synagogue anymore and not pass through something that will detect if you have something on your person that will create mischief in the house. Master Fard Muhammad taught us how to search. We don't play with searching. And for 92 years, we have never had an incident that I know of where someone brought, well, in one instance, there was a brother who got in the mosque, but he was a secretary, and they didn't search it. The Savior didn't say, well, if he's a minister, don't search him. The secretary didn't say, if it's a rabbi, don't search him. Everyone who comes to that house should be searched <clears throat> 100%. And when we carry out this instruction, from Al-Mahdi, peace will be in our house. Did you know that in our temple in Chicago, 
in the early days, Elijah Muhammad took the soldiers. And with a rope, we were tied to the door. You don't come in there. Break in. We offer you our life before we allow you to come in. So if you were on the doorpost, that's where you were willing to die right there before an enemy would come in to disturb our peace. Don't run from death. Don't turn your back to an enemy. Allah does not like that. Go to the enemy. Go with it. Got to be fired. If it's in your house, with the mind to slay that person who has come into a holy place with the wicked intentions of killing people who want to serve their God. Did you say? Minister, that that the synagogue should be protected? Absolutely. But I thought, well, look, man, you don't think? Do you think that we don't believe in the Holy Quran? Those who are Jews, those who are Christians, those who are Muslims, those who are Sabians, those who believe in Allah and the last day and are the doers of good to others, no fear should they have, nor should they grieve. No, the houses of God must be protected by the men and women of God. So I guess... um, I would like to close uh, our little talk this morning. You know, uh, Muslims, in the 49th surah of the Quran, in a section called Respect for the Muslim Brotherhood, Allah says, And if two parties of the believers quarrel, make peace among them. Then if one of them does wrong to the other, fight that which does wrong till it return to Allah's command. Then if it returns, make peace between them with justice and act equitably. Surely, Allah loves the equitable. The believers are brethren, so make peace between your brethren and keep your duty to Allah that mercy may be had on you. 
as I leave this beloved podcast, this beloved broadcast, with my deep personal gratitude to Brother Abdul Musaikin, to Brother Akbar, to Brother Rashid, Shahi, pardon me, Brother Jamil, Brother Jalil, all those who make this possible. I want to encourage Brother Jalil with the hadith of the day. I love every hadith that you mentioned. I'm fortified by it and your spirit. Keep it going. Keep this program going. I know I've spent um, a little more time probably than I should, but you cannot deny that we need to sharpen the protection of every masjid, every mosque, every place where God's name is remembered, every church, every synagogue. The young Jews should never allow the elderly to meet in the synagogue and you are not there to give your life to protect them. This is the way of God. And if a life is lost because they fought us in our sacred place and we died and we killed them, we died in a righteous cause and we did the right thing. They don't need to go to the police except in a box either with their head in the box or their body we are not savages but we are not going to allow our houses of worship to be desecrated and and made unholy. No, when you come there, you come to worship. And you will worship in peace because no one in there will have anything in their pocketbook, in their pants pocket, hiding somewhere. No, no, no. You don't know how to search a Mahdi Tarat out of Church. And even police, when they come, they say, my God, these people sure know how to search. We hide things on some of us and then see if we can find it in our drill. And if you want us to show you how Al-Mahdi showed us how to protect the house of worship will be glad to show you 
the men and the women must learn. We must learn to fight. And you, I know you may be old, but an old man in the name of Allah hitting somebody, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll feed me. Let me close with this. President Trump went to Saudi Arabia and he asked King Salman and his son, the crown prince, to call for all of the members of the Sunni community to meet in Riyadh, I think it was. And President Trump came and spoke. And I saw King Salman and uh, Trump, President Trump, and President Trump was showing him the latest jet fighter that they wanted to sell King Salman. His mind was that you would use these weapons against your brother in Tehran. So he wanted to arm you so that you could kill your brother it wouldn't just be for America, you'd be killing an Iranian for Israel. Be careful, you leaders of the Muslim world, who you take guidance from. If you are one of those who Put the Quran behind your back and can't find the instructions that Allah has already laid down for us in that book, then Satan will deceive you and tell you what they think is best. No. Allah told us what is best through Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And he lived the Sunnah of the Quran. He lived it. Wife Aisha said, Muhammad is the Quran. He lived the Quran. And you know when you stand up for Allah, <clears throat> Allah says in the Quran, it was not you who slew them, it was I who saved them by your hand. If you don't give Allah a chance to help you to fight, to protect your life and the lives of the believers, how can 
havoc-making angels assist you to stay and lay and get your head beat in with people and you won't try to fight them. I want to see 5,000 havoc-making angels. I want to know that they're behind me. I want to stand up for Allah against the enemies of God. And if I die, let me die saying there's no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. So I want to thank President Xi of China because Allah gives us a command that we are supposed to, when we quarrel, make peace between the brothers. But we didn't do it. So President Xi came and brought Tehran and um and Saudi Arabia to China and brokered a peace deal between two brothers. Thank you, President Xi. And you know what he did? He rescued Saudi Arabia from the web of American so-called guidance and diplomacy. He freed you so you could come out of that sphere and come out of the sphere of anyone other than the sphere of Allah and his prophet. So now as I close, wow. Is peace coming in Syria? Peace is coming to Yemen. The fighting, I hope you will make peace with each other between Qatar and the United Arab Emirates. Encourage President Xi to be kind to the Muslims under his charge. And lastly, remember Genghis Khan. The Khans came out of Mongolia and they were like a scourge. They beat up Christians. They beat Muslims. They beat Jews. And Allah permitted it. Because when we deviate from what is right, what God has laid down in the scripture for us, we deserve a whipping. So after Genghis Khan beat the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims, he became a Muslim. 
think about that. I hope that's the future of President Xi and all the rest of you that are preparing for war. You need to know that you are a part of the plan of God to end the rule of wickedness. Be better yourself. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me this time. Well, I kind of took it, but you've been so good. In these last few days, being right on the half hour. And thank you for allowing the children carry the day, and they did a beautiful job. May Allah bless you with a happy Eid. May Allah bless us to see our sacred duty to protect our women and children and the believers in the masjid and mosques and help our Christian family to protect their churches. And the Jews always have somebody that can show them how to protect their synagogue. You don't have to worry about protecting it from us because we will never attack your synagogue or your church we are forbidden to do such things. But we are given permission to fight with those who fight with us and to never, ever be the aggressor. Thank you for listening, and may Allah bless you as I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, oh, Minister. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Oh, Minister. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Thank you, Brother Minister, for your guidance. Thank you for your warning. Thank you for all the years and all that you have done in our doings. Your insight, dear Minister. May Allah continue to bless you. May Allah continue to bless your family. May Allah continue and wrap you and be with you, dear minister. Thank you. All praises are due to Allah. We will now ask our sister, Sister Nisa, to give us the Nisa report in the fast fact. Dr. Nisa. As-salamu alaykum. Bismillah rahim In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. I bear witness there is no God but Allah. I bear witness Muhammad is his messenger. As-salamu alaykum again. I am so grateful to Allah for his mercy and blessings. This has just been a wonderful and amazing Ramadan. I am part of a, a fantastic team who works hard to make this podcast happen. Thank you to those believers who listen and send me a text saying they can't hear and we try to make it happen for you. We apologize for any of the glitches and it, always know that you can always get the replay. We, we will always make sure that is a clear and concise recording for you. Special thank you to Minister Farrakhan for opening and closing this program. It gives it such a foundational beginning and end. We are so very thankful for you. This is his podcast. His episode of the podcast is the most listened to worldwide. We have had almost 
200,000 downloads of Ramadan's Ummah Reflects. 200,000. I mean, that number is staggering to us. And we thought about switching from the phone line to the podcast. We had no idea that it would be so successful for our people. Thank you to everyone who struggled with us with this transition. As again, we apologize for any of the glitches. Thank you to the people who helped someone get on the podcast, who helped the senior understand what a podcast is and helped them to find it on their phone. Thank you so much to our amazing speakers who worked with us this year. Thank you to FCN Radio for broadcasting, NOI.org for broadcasting, and also thank you to the smaller phone lines who connected through the podcast so that you can be able to serve your listeners. The fast fact of the day is step out on faith and believe in your ideas. A lot just blessed me to have a very small idea that I just believed in and found people to help me with it. If, if it happened to, to me, it could also happen for you. Allah will bless you. Special thanks to Brother Akbar, Brother Muthakar, Brother Shahid, Brother Ahmed, Jalil, just everybody who helped to make this happen every single morning. Teamwork makes the dream work. May Allah answer your prayers and help you remember that Islam is not the problem. Islam is the answer. Assalamu alaikum. And if I forgot somebody, please forgive me. It's just an amazing morning. Thank you to everyone again. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam, Sister Nisa. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I don't know what to say. I never saw myself sitting on a quote-unquote podcast or anything like that. But I thank Allah for Islam. Thank him for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And they are standing up and making us Muslims and believers. We just thank him for the life that we live now because of Islam and the guidance that we are able to, to receive as those who are growing and developing as Muslims. So as we close, we want to say, on behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his family, um, on behalf of the Executive Council and the ministers and imams, and uh, brother imams, ministers, teach hard today, teach hard. And on behalf of my co-host, Brother Akbar, Sister Nisa, Brother Jaleel, Brother Shahid, and to my family, and, uh, well, okay. Well, brothers and sisters, let me close. Cue the music, Shahi. We are through. Inshallah, we'll be talking again next year. Assalamualaikum. We're going to pray, mm-hmm. dear brother. Okay, I'm sorry, brother. I'm oh, a little it's cool. okay, minister. <laughs> All praises are due to Allah. Takbir, takbir. Dear Muslims, let us close this year's podcast with prayer. <clears throat> We're in prayer. Qul a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahmanir Rahim Maliki Yawmitin. 
Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of the dawn from the evil of that which he has created and from the evil of intense darkness when it comes and from the evil of those who cast evil suggestions and firm resolutions and from the evil of the envier when he envies. Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of men, the King of men, the God of men. From the evil of the whispering of the slinking devil who whispers into the hearts of men from among the jinn and the men. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Shahi, for your prayers. I really, really needed that this morning. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to do this again as we close. On behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his family, and we thank you, dear minister, for everything you do and are doing. Thank you for spreading this mighty word of Islam. On behalf of all of the guest speakers who have come on these lines in the last 29 days, on behalf of the Executive Council of the Nation of Islam and their families, and we thank you all for helping and aiding and assisting the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. On behalf of my co-host, Brother Akbar, Sister Nisa, Brother Jaleel, and Brother Shaheed, and on behalf of each and every one of you, let me leave you as I came to you with the greeting words of peace. Inshallah, we'll be talking again next year. Cue the music, Shaheed. We are through. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyil azim. Glory be to Allah, all praise to Allah. There is no God but Allah, Allah is great. All power and might belong to Allah, the Most High, the Great. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم. Glory be to Allah. All praise to Allah. There is no God but Allah. Allah is great. All power and might belong to Allah. The Most High. Subhanallah, wa 
Allah, 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 Allah,